Welcome to All Things Military and Veteran Podcast. Our guests throughout the year will include enlisted, officers, and those who serve our veterans. Your questions and comments are always welcome. Info at epccpv.org. My name is Kent Charnick, and I'm the founder and chair of the El Paso County, Colorado Progressive Veterans, a local veterans group with over 1,300 members. I served in Vietnam as a combat medic, and today I help my brothers and sisters who have served our country. Our podcast today is about finding a job after discharge and how to interview when you are asked to come in and talk to HR or a senior executive at the company that you are applying to. I'm going to cover a lot of different things here. They aren't necessarily in any particular order, but they're all important. First, I spent, and yes, I'm older than dirt, 51 years working in private industry, either as a senior executive or self-employed. And I've hired dozens and dozens of people. So I'm speaking as someone that has experience. Additionally, I have had several different executive jobs at different companies, and I have been interviewed too. In other words, I've sat on both sides of that desk. Okay, Um, when you get discharged from service, there are normally two possibilities. You went into the service at age 17 or 18, have never interviewed for a job. You went into the service after, let's say, college and have never interviewed for a job. It doesn't matter if you were discharged as enlisted or an officer. The issues really are the same. Here are some ideas that our website has that I think you would find helpful. It's under the category under uh, resources. It's over 100 resources, and we have hot links to each of these. This category is, drumroll, employment. Okay, we have a link for resume writing. We're going to go into detail on that a little later. Uh, There's a group called Operation Veteran Strong. Mount Carmel is the largest veterans group in the state of Colorado, and they're in Colorado Springs. Great place to go to. Hire a Colorado veteran. That is another group. Mikasa Resource Center, that's up in Denver. If you are Hispanic, especially if English might be a second language, uh, I would start there. Another group is Colorado Joining Community Forces. This is actually several nonprofits that uh, merged. There is the Veteran Employment Program Offices. Now, this may sound weird. You just left the military and you can go ask the military about a job. But the thing is, they are an excellent resource for people who uh, make specific efforts to hire veterans because of the skill set they bring. And uh, definitely worth looking into. Peak Military Care Network, Veterans Corner Job Search, Mile High Youth Corps, 
Uh, they opened a Colorado Springs office about two years ago. Anyway, all of these help. Doesn't mean you shouldn't use others. But the ones that I've mentioned specifically try to help veterans. They understand their needs. And by needs, I'm saying they're unfamiliar with the civilian workforce, probably have never written a resume before. Uh, how do they say uh, that um, you have leadership skills? Well, if you had a, a squad or a platoon or two or three men or women that reported to you, that's management. Uh, so take a look at these things. It's a good place to start. Okay, by work, this isn't flipping hamburgers or being a janitor. Now, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, they're minimum wage jobs typically, but if that's it, go for it. Uh, trust me, they're really easy to find. Uh, and they can be career jobs, but, um, you know, it's hard to tell. Okay, first... Think about what you want to do. I mean, this sounds like a dumb question, but you don't want to get any job and then work the next 30, 40 years at that, hating every day you get up and go to work. You want to think about what you think you would enjoy. And if you're not sure exactly what a certain job does, I would call any company anywhere or educational uh, school, find out uh, who there can answer the question. What the heck does an electrical engineer do different from an electrician? Now, both of those pay well, but they are entirely different jobs with entirely different skill sets and entirely different work days. So, Ask about different things. Gee, I think I might want to be a plumber. Uh, but, boy, I really hate cleaning out clogged drains full of shit. Well, my son's a plumber. He doesn't clean drains. And he just started his own company. There are lots of options, and skilled labor pays really well. And you can actually be paid while you're training. It's an option. Maybe you want to go to college. Awesome. Uh, GI Bill's going to pay that, but you still want to have a job while you're working. You know, part-time, summers. It uh, just looks good on the resume rather than you backpack Europe uh, uh, with a flask of wine. That doesn't look good. Okay. Now, you're out of the service, and let's say you've got a security clearance. Not exactly off the wall, unusual, but that little security clearance is worth a ton of money. And the reason is they are very expensive uh, to get in the civilian world, and they're paying you while you get your security clearance. In other words, it's just really expensive. So whether you just have a uh, minimum security, you have top uh, security clearance, doesn't matter. Think DOD. They will pay you for that uh, experience and certification. 
Okay. Oh, also DOD is very good starting pay for reasons that we just discussed. Okay, you have found several job openings that look interesting. First, research the companies. You don't go to an interview and ask the person interviewing about the company. Oh, how many employees do you have? Uh, What the heck do you make anyway? You just sound like an idiot. You'll never get a job offering. You research it first. It's easy to do on Google. want to know how many employees, where their offices are, uh, what they make, what services they offer, um, that sort of thing. Uh, now, the next thing you want to learn is why are they hiring? Now, maybe they have lots of turnover because the place is crap to work for. Everybody's treated like garbage and you hate getting up in the morning. You really want to learn that thing and it's honestly not that difficult to uh, get an answer to that. But on the other hand, maybe they're growing like crazy. It's a very successful business. They're doubling in size every year. That is a great place to get a job if you're interested in moving up. Not everybody is, but if you want to be a foreman or a manager or senior management, go for it. Okay, the next thing you want to look at is in the job listing. It'll give a pay range. It'll say 15 to $20 an hour or 80 to 100000 a year. The only reason this is relevant is if you want to make 80 grand a year to start and they're paying 15 bucks an hour to start, there's no point in applying. They're not going to go, oh, yeah, we'll pay you 10 times more than anybody else in this job. So don't waste your time. It's just an easy thing to learn and think about. Decide what you're willing to work for in the beginning. Okay, benefits. Now, if you're just out of the military, you probably haven't given it much thought. But health care, life insurance, vacation days, you got to ask about those. Not every company offers good benefits. And believe me, there are companies that offer zero benefits. So you want to think about that. You go, well, what difference does it make? Health care is going to cost you about two thousand dollars a month so if you take a job paying 50 grand a year half of it's going to go to pay your health care think about it okay so now you select let's say three to five companies that look good the companies look good the jobs sound interesting the next thing you want to do is write a resume now resumes aren't always needed If you are applying to be an auto mechanic or you're applying to be uh, a plumber and you want to uh, get your um, uh, licenses and stuff, you don't need a resume for those, you know, so don't worry about it. But if you're looking for something a little bit more, you want to start in middle management or Let's say you've just finished 20 years and you've got a lot of experience. You want to at least start mental management. You need a resume. 
Okay, as I mentioned on our website, we have a link to help you do that. There's any number of those other organizations that can help you also. Usually this stuff's all free, and uh, what you want to do is think about what you've done for the last 4, 8, 20 years. Where have you shown initiative? Where have you shown leadership? Where have you been creative in your problem solving? That translates to the civilian world. Uh, you can't say you were a sniper in Iraq and how many kills you had. It might have been great having beers uh, back at the end of the day, but it obviously won't get you a job. And you can't say you drove a tank or was a gunner on a Navy ship. You have to use civilian words, not make stuff up. You don't want to make your experience up, but use words that translate your experience into something that a civilian business would want. You know, basically, the person you are talking to wants someone that will never miss work, will be easy to train, and be self-motivated. You can't show that you can do those three things. Let me repeat them. Never miss work, easy to train, be self-motivated. Bottom line is you're not going to get hired. Now, people say they'll do that, and they may not, and eventually either they never get promoted or they get fired. But, you know, they want people that will work hard, do their job. You know, if you're missing four or five days a month because you're hungover, they don't want that person on their workforce. Okay, what should you wear to the interview? Okay, let's go back to auto mechanic. Obviously, you don't wear a suit and tie. However, if this is a job working in an office, especially if this is a middle or upper management position you're applying for, you need to wear a suit and tie. Remember, you only have one chance to make a first impression. That is a really dumb old saying, but it's absolutely true. Think about it. You go out on a date. It's a blind date. You walk up. knocking the apartment door, the guy or girl opens it, and they take a look at you. What do they see? If you are wearing dirty clothes, haven't showered in a couple of days, your hair is a mess, trust me, you are going to be on the shortest date you've ever had. If you look awesome, then it could go really well for you. Okay, if the job will require travel, be prepared to answer the question accurately. Are you good with being gone 50 weeks a year? There are jobs that require that. Or maybe, yeah, but no more than one or two days a month. If their needs don't match what you're looking for, find out right away. Don't waste their time and don't waste your time. And for God's sake, don't take the job if you don't want it. Okay, when talking to whomever is interviewing you, make sure you ask questions that you come up with after researching the company. If the company is small, and believe it or not, it's usually under 500 people, mention that you are applying because you want to work for a small or mid-sized company. Why did I just change small to small and midsize? 
because the person who's interviewing you may think they work in a mid-sized company and they have 300 employees. Technically, it's small, but if they think it's mid-sized, it's best to tell them that you agree with them. If a large company, mention that you want to work for a large company so that you can get experience in a number of areas, and then you would become more valuable to the company. You don't want to say, oh, so I get promoted, make a lot of money. The interviewer doesn't want to hear that. They want to hear that you are going to be a valuable asset to them. And never ever ask how much money you will make. That comes when they make the offer. If you start out with, hey, I'm Billy Bob and you know I want to make sure I'm going to make at least 50 grand a year, they'll end the interview. It's the wrong question. Find out if you will need to work in another city. Now, that sounds like, what the heck? Well, if you're working... Or interviewing with a company that has offices around the country, they may train you in Colorado Springs, and then once you're trained, send you to El Paso, Texas. You have to be aware of what they're really looking for. Are you willing to move? Think about this before the interview. Okay, if you're someone who wants to be in sales, and I actually was all of my working life, you get a free car. That's common in those types of jobs, but don't assume. You know, if you're expected to travel all every day, putting on thousands of miles, but drive your own car, they'll probably give you mileage, but it's not the same thing. Just be sure what they're offering and whether you're comfortable with it. It is legit to ask, are there performance bonuses, annual reviews? Okay, the reason why this is good is, one, you want to know if you can make more than whatever they're going to offer you. And number two, uh, you're saying that I really think I'm good and I'm going to bust my butt to get ahead. And I want to know if you're willing to recognize that. You don't use that word, but uh, ask about bonuses. Now, the interviewer will ask open-ended questions like, what do you expect to be doing in five years, ten years? They've been asking that question for a thousand years. Okay, Uh, you need to have the answer to that. Try not to be blindsided. What can they ask a question about? Um, If you got out of the service and did nothing for two years, why? Where were you? What were you doing? you got to have answers. Be ready for them. Um, Now, you can also ask open-ended questions. These are usually at the end of the interview. It's kind of a, oh, yeah, I've been asking all these questions. Um, You know, do you have any questions? And a good question is, If I work extremely hard, am dedicated, focused, and successful on achieving the goals given to me, where can I expect to be in five years? It's a good question. Makes them think. And, well, let's see if they're the best employee we've ever had, blah, blah, blah. Now, this is really important. Smile. You don't want to smirk. Smile. Be friendly. Be friendly. 
and mention the interviewer's name multiple times during the interview. Something like, Mary, does this job require me to know Excel and Word? Or, Bill, what cities does the company have offices in? It is irrelevant if you know the answer to the question. The question is you're using their name, and people like to hear their own name. It's an old sales technique. Okay, bring a notepad to write in. If nothing is said that needs a note, pretend to write. It shows you are engaged. No one's going to ask to see what you've written down. Always ask when a decision will be made. It shows you are interested, but more importantly, what will the wait time be to know if you're getting an offer? Some interviewers will offer you the job right there. That means pretty much they're desperate, but it also usually means you can move up quickly. Other jobs may have one- or two-month interviewing process. If so, ask if there is a second or third interview. Not unusual. Don't put stress on yourself for no reason. You know, if you got to wait two months for your most spectacular job offer ever, so be it. You know, you can go work in a gas station. Who knows? You get the call and you are offered the job. They normally will tell you the beginning pay. In fact, I can't imagine them ever offering a job without telling you pay. It's okay to ask when the first evaluation will occur and what typically is the raise that you would get if you have an excellent evaluation. Make sure you include that if you have an excellent evaluation. Otherwise, you're thinking, well, if this person's a real loser and we're thinking of firing them, how much would they get? And the answer might be zero. Of course, if you get zero, you really are fired. They just haven't told you yet. Okay, after all this, you can say that you are evaluating several offers. You know, you're in demand. And it really doesn't matter if that's true. It's kind of a white lie. And would it be okay if you give them your answer at the end of the week or maybe next week? You know, whatever you think is appropriate. Then talk to people that you know who hire people. Maybe it's your dad, your mom, uncle, neighbor, and ask them what they think of the offer. Now, if you're looking for a middle management job in a DOD company, and you ask your dad, who works in a factory, they want to have a clue. So you want to find someone that has experience in that area then say, hey, this is a good offer. You know, you can do better than this. Hang on. Okay, good luck. Looking for a job is stressful, but it's the only way to get hired. Like your military background has taught you, Be prepared. And now here's a message from our sponsor who pays the bills and keeps our podcasts alive every week. All Things Military and Veteran is proudly sponsored by Native Roots Cannabis Company, Colorado's leading, locally grown, and owned dispensary chain. 
Native Roots has been our largest donor since we were founded four years ago, and I thank them with all of my heart. They have 20 locations in Colorado, and Native Roots is ready to educate and serve adult use and medical patients alike. Thank you for listening to the All Things Military and Veteran podcast. We can be found on over a dozen podcast apps, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We hope you find our programs rewarding and informative. Feel free to contact us at info at epccpv.org or give me a call, 303 303- 618-6131. Thank you for listening, and I hope you found today's podcast informative. Stay safe.